0: This year has been a ride and the year before this was also a ride. Today, I want to do something a little bit different and talk about an approach to problem solving and questions and looking for solutions in elementary general music, and that approach is through research. are like most elementary music teachers out there, you probably don't spend much time thinking about research and that is beyond understandable. Instead of thinking about research and studies, we think about behavior management problems and we think about pedagogy and we think about our programs and we think about our students and our relationship with our administration and all of these things. Things that take up our time and our mind. And so very understandably, uh, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about research. So why am I bringing it up here? Very simply, we are going to talk about research because we have questions and we have questions that need answers. We all have challenges in teaching elementary general music, and those challenges, those questions, and the answers that we are looking for every single day, those are pathways to research. Another reason that I want to bring up research is that even more specifically than having questions, you have questions that no one can answer but you. If your question is about, uh, you know, engagement in your fifth grade class, no one else can answer that. No one else has met your fifth graders and no one else knows your specific teaching background. So another reason for research is that your questions that you have as a teacher are very specific to you and your students and your school. Another reason that I want to talk about research is that we all have biases and we have unproductive ways of thinking. That's just part of being human. We tend to seek out ideas that we agree with and we tend to avoid ideas that we disagree with. So as we go through life and we're looking for solutions, we tend to gravitate towards ideas that confirm our biases, our points of view. And so if an idea conforms with our view of the world, or if it confirms our view of the world, we have more confidence in that idea. But that is not necessarily a great way to go about looking for solutions to our problems. And then the last reason that I think Research is an under discussed topic in our industry. Is that as we look for solutions to problems, problems that we all have, and problems that are specific to our scenarios, we very often are just going to default to tradition. So, like, this is always how I've taught recorder. Well, does that mean that it's the best way to teach recorder? I don't know. We would need to do some research. Um, So, we default to tradition or we default to authority. Like, this. This is how my methods teacher said to do it. And again, just because our methods teacher said to do it this way, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way or it's the best way for our specific students. So defaulting to tradition and authority, those are valuable and understandable ways to approach our profession, but they have limitations. Okay, so if I'm going to spend all of this time trying to explain the benefits of research and how much it can improve our teaching and make our lives better, an easy follow up question might be, okay, hey, Victoria, uh, why does no one talk about research? And why does it feel so divorced from anything practical I would do in the music room? And that is a very good question. (laughs) And the answer is that there are some problems with research studies. For one thing, they are not very satisfying to read. (laughs) You will not find a researcher who says, research proves that X. You know, most of the time, research studies end with phrases like, more research is needed. Uh, And they are also just very specific, um, like saying things at the end, like in this specific case, evidence suggests that third grade students in this part of the country under these circumstances can improve sight reading. And so again, you're not going to find the phrase research proves that blank in a research study. And so that makes them just not very satisfying to read. (laughs) Um, Another reason that we don't really talk about them or use them or think about them is because they are not always very actionable. And the reason they're not always very actionable is back to what we just talked about, how they are just so specific uh, and careful with their conclusions. And because they are so measured and careful, sometimes it's hard to extract any larger applications for our classrooms because that's not necessarily what they're designed to do. They're not a textbook. They are a research study. And then the very last reason I think that research kind of flies under our radar is that research studies are not designed primarily, not designed to be accessible. They are, in general, not intended for elementary general music teachers to read. They are meant for other researchers to read, other PhD students, uh, professors in higher education, masters, um, candidates, things like that, not necessarily for elementary general music teachers. And that doesn't mean that we can't read them. (laughs) It's just that we are not the primary audience The reason I say that is if you want something to be public information, then you put it on a public platform. An example of a public platform is YouTube where anyone can find that information. Another public platform would be like a blog post or Facebook. All of these are public-facing platforms with public information, and research papers do not end up on those platforms just because they are not designed to be public information. They are designed to be behind a paywall. And of course, universities have very, very good reasons for structuring research the way they do. And I absolutely understand that. But for our purposes, here are some examples of research questions that you would probably like to have the answers to here. I'm just going to rapid fire all the way through some uh, research questions that I'm sure we all have. Um, What musical content knowledge do students recall? after the disruption to school routines in 2020 and 2021? So what do students remember about our instruction? To what extent is there a content knowledge gap for students who were virtual and for students who had in-person instruction? Or does my morning routine before school impact my energy level throughout the day? What are effective differentiation strategies for second grade musicians after the disruption of instructional time in 2020 and 2021? What activities do fifth grade musicians find engaging? What strategies improve vocal improvisation? What are some ways to increase parent involvement in the music program? Does the musicianship of my students improve when I use the national standards for music education? How are my students' oral skills impacted by the use of KORAI or ORF or DALCROS or MLT frameworks? To what extent is my teaching accessible to students with physical disabilities? How can first grade students manage conflict productively when working in small groups? What is the impact of a behavioral reward system on student behavior versus a constructivist approach? And the list goes on and on and on, you guys. These problems are all personal, and they all involve your students and your situation and your community. We could add lots of things to this list, uh, but all of these questions, because they are so personal and personalized to your situation, all of these make great opportunities for something called action research in action research teachers are investigating solutions to their own problems with curiosity and an open mind so this is a frame of mind that we can use in the classroom in our teaching to approach problems i think that we need a research mindset in the classroom i think that Everyone has questions that need answers. Everyone has problems in teaching that need solutions. And those solutions are not in a textbook. You know, the textbook has never met you. And so we need to find answers to solve problems. And in order to do that, we need some strategies for problem solving. And that is where I am just very intrigued by this idea of action research. Now, formally, Action Research has uh, eight steps. And so we're gonna go through these eight steps. And even though that sounds like a lot, it's kind of just an intuitive process that you would probably do anyway if you were to sit down and ask a question and try to find uh, an answer, a solution to that. So number one, we're gonna start with a good question. This type of question should be personal to you. That probably goes without saying. And it should also be pretty specific. So how can I be happier at work is going to be too broad of a question. But if you know that your happiness level uh, decreases with fifth grade classes, then you could ask what activities and musics do fifth grade musicians find engaging? That is a better question. We just don't wanna go too broad here. So that's number one, start with a good question. And then number two, grab some current information. So what's the situation right now with fifth grade? Where do we stand? If I want to improve my fifth graders' experiences, I might spend some time reflecting on music, how I'm teaching and what music activities I'm currently doing and how I notice my fifth graders responding to my teaching as it stands right now. I can uh, articulate the problem that I observe in terms of student engagement and student interest and stuff like that. And so after I have all of this current information kind of articulated and I've made some observations about, you know, the issue that I notice right now, I could also hypothesize that student engagement would improve if I added more pop music. So maybe that's a question that I am kind of interested in pursuing. So step one, start with a good question. Step two, grab some current information. And then step three, I'm going to get curious, has anyone had this problem before? (laughs) What did they do? Did it work? How did it work? How long did it work? Uh, How much did it work? Um, So number three is just to look around for other situations that you can use to inform your approach here. If you have a trusted colleague who says, you know what, I had this exact same problem and this is the uh, research project that we did or the song project that we did, that is really, really, really good information for us to have. It doesn't mean that it's going to work and it doesn't mean that it's going to work in the exact form that our colleague used it. But knowing that someone had this problem and had a solution that can really help frame our thinking here in academia this is a review of the literature which just means that you're going to go through some peer-reviewed academic journals and look for other uh, papers around this same topic for us we are going to phone a trusted friend So start with a good question, grab some current information, uh, find out if anyone has ever had this problem before and what they did and how it worked. And then number four, make a plan. So how will I know what types of music and what kind of music activities that fifth graders find engaging? Okay. well, we could ask them in a survey. That's a great plan. And we can also try out a few new activities and see how they respond. So we are going to decide what are some of the pathways forward that we are going to take. So maybe if your colleague says, you know, I did this song project, maybe you say, oh, I'm going to survey my students and see what kind of music they like. And then uh, I can also throw in some elements of this song project and see how it goes so that's the plan step four make a plan number five is actually do the research so we're going to ask students the questions we are going to try out these activities that we've come up with in the plan section and then we're going to observe our results And then number six is we're going to see how it went. Um, Let's compare some scenes from the beginning of this process when students were way, way unengaged and unmotivated and no one was having a good time to what we observed after implementing this plan. What is the level of engagement that we are observing and, and how do we observe it? What have we found out through this process? So to recap, so far we've asked a question, We have looked at some current information about the situation. We have wondered if anyone has had this problem before. We've made a plan. We've done the research. We've done a reflection on it. And now, guess what? We get to brag about it. Let's tell our principal. Let's tell the music teachers Facebook group. We want to spread this word because you have done some really amazing work in your classroom around this topic. And this can really be an encouragement to some of our other colleagues who are maybe going through a similar situation. So this is one way that we can partner with each other and lift each other up as a music education community is to brag about our results. And then the last step is to ask what's next so likely your results show that you did a good job implementing some of this research and maybe um, you had a positive experience. Maybe your student experience really, really improved as a result of this approach to problem solving. But now we want to know what's next. So. Maybe we move to do this process in fourth grade, or maybe we've noticed an improvement with our fifth graders, but we want to keep that momentum going and make that class even better. So you see how this is an approach to challenges and problems and questions that doesn't revolve around just spinning our wheels in circles and going home and just checking out. It's checking And you see how community and support and colleague collaboration is built into this process. This is something that benefits you. This is something that benefits your students and it benefits our whole industry. So again, those are a lot of steps, eight steps, but I do feel like they are kind of intuitive with how they are pieced together, even in this really formal academic sense. So I wanna go through them one more time. We're gonna start with a question. We are going to figure out the situation as it stands right now, grab some current information. Number three, we are going to figure out if anyone has had this problem before. Number four, we're going to make a plan. And then number five, we're going to implement the plan and do the research. And then number six, we're going to reflect on it. Number seven, we are going to brag about it. And then number eight, we are going to kind of see where the next step of this path is going to take us. So I am bringing up this topic of action research because I would love to kind of move forward with closing this gap, or at least making this gap a little bit smaller between kind of the ivory tower uh, behind a paywall academic journal and the real world, where we have real problems that need real solutions right now. I think we need a research mindset in the classroom because we all in this community have questions and problems and we need strategies to find answers to those questions and to find solutions to those problems. So here's my here's my big what if What if we could fill each other's social media feeds with our solutions to problems and our encouragement to each other? What if we collaborate on pathways forward when we inevitably come up with some of these challenges and some of these research questions?